This is the Financial Freedom Podcast, delivered with personality by the team from Rachel Bell Wealth Management. You're very welcome, and joining me today are Client Experience Director Pam Brown and Financial Advisor Abigail O'Brien. Ladies, you are most welcome. Hi, James. Hello, James. Now, today's podcast is called Creating Good Financial Habits, and it's designed to offer some real practical and functional advice on how you can take a view of your finances and make some uh, potentially positive differences. Before we go any further, please note that the discussion points we're covering this podcast are our own views or those of the guest speakers and do not constitute financial advice. We always recommend that you speak with a professional before considering your own situation and taking action. Now, I'm really interested to hear what we've got in store today, ladies, because practical advice is always welcome. And I find that there's always a nugget or two that is helpful, no matter where you are with your finances or on your financial journey. We're going to talk a bit about the cost of living, because that's taken a bit of a battering in recent months for one reason or another. And that in turn has had an impact on incomes. It's placed pressure on family incomes. One of the things that we can do is to take a look at what we spend. And that's the first thing we're going to explore. Pam, we'll start with you. What insight can you offer in this area? What do you mean exactly? Well, it's just about actually having a look at your income and your outgoings. And this is something that we do with with clients all the time. Um, But any, anyone can do it. Um, the funny thing is, or the thing that we find is that most people think they know what they spend or have an idea about what they spend. Um, but in reality, actually, they very rarely know actually what they spend, what they are spending. So actually physically taking a look um, and, and taking the time to to analyse almost what you're spending and you don't have to do it all the time but every now and again just have a proper look at what you're spending um this is something that um i mean obviously i come from 25 years in financial services and in banking uh, and i it makes me smile when i think of 20 years ago people used to get paper bank statements remember those I do. <laughs> and people actually used to tick off items on their bank statement. My parents did. I, I have to say, in the early years, I did have, have a look at my bank statements and tick items off and make sure that there wasn't anything going through that shouldn't. But these days, things are so different. A, most people don't get paper bank statements anymore. It's on a screen. You get notifications, you know, when you spend now and it pops up you know, X amount at, at, at wherever. Um, but nobody actually really looks on a monthly basis um, or weekly or six monthly or, or however however you decide to look at it. Nobody really looks at how much they're spending overall. And this is something, it's an exercise that we do carry out with clients. Uh, and we think, uh, especially when with the pressures on income at the moment, it's an area where if you just spend a little bit of time um, having a proper look, you can make savings, spot things that you could change um, that would just help with the pressures on incomes at the moment. How does the process start? If we're saying that paper bank statements are a thing of the past and I've probably not had one since 20 plus years ago when I would avoid them at all costs because I didn't want to know how overdrawn I'd gone in that particular month. <laughs> 
we've got information at our fingertips now with with banking apps. Is it a case of just diving in and and taking a look, or is there is there is there a better approach? No, absolutely. That's the, the, the first thing you need to do. Is you you're going to need a pen and a bit of paper, if I'm honest. So you don't necessarily need to print off your statement because it is available on your phone or on your laptop, so you can have a look through. But a pen and a bit of paper is an essential piece of kit uh, for this exercise because you're going to need to write down um, three main areas. Uh, and we break it down into essential, discretionary, uh, and then something that a lot of people always forget about, which is annual and, and periodic costs. So if we start with essential, so these are your direct debits, uh, any bills, anything that you have to pay, anything that you have no choice, you have to pay. Write those down, total those up. Now, most people will have a good idea of roughly what, what, this, what this is, because these are the bills that they pay on a regular basis. Um, but write them down. It, it's, it's important to actually write them down and have a look at what you're paying. So that's your essential. The next would be discretionary. So this is um, your nice-to-haves and your bits and pieces and the things that you just spend throughout the month, uh, which can be a coffee or a takeaway or taking the kids to soft play or whatever that may be. But those are your nice-to-haves. Um, and the only way you'll get an actual real, um, realistic view of how much that is on, on a monthly basis is to look through your bank statement and add them up. Because I guarantee you, if you think that you're spending X amount a month on your nice-to-haves, uh, it will, nine times out of ten, end up being a little bit more than you think. So you've got those two figures. The next step is something that uh, people always forget about, really, which is the Christmases, the birthdays, the annuals, the holidays, um, things that you don't pay every month or that you don't pay regularly. Um, and the idea with those, when we look at income and outgoings, is to is to put a monthly figure on it. So how much you spend a year on birthdays, how much you spend a year on Christmas, how much you spend a year on holidays, add that up, divide that by 12 um, and add that to your monthly. Um, and a, a handy tip for the annuals, which, which I, I've done for years now and I think is a really, really good idea, especially when you, you know, you've got pressures on your income. You get to November and you think, oh God, how am I going to do Christmas this year? Is that monthly figure for your annuals, try and save that each month. You're going to have to spend it anyway, um, you know, come Christmas, come birthdays. So try and save that into a separate, you know, Christmas birthday pot um, so that it just makes those, those times a little bit easier. But once you've got that total figure, you'll then have a, a real handle on your income versus your expenditure and if there's anywhere that you need to make savings. So for people listening who say, well, I get paid, and we'll use a figure of £2,000, I get paid £2,000 after tax, pension contributions, national insurance every month, I never overspend, it's there or thereabouts enough. Where does the value lie in going through the exercise that you've just outlined there? They know they've got enough money to live. They know they're not overspending. Why would they do it? 
It's just it's just purely. I mean, we're going to come on it, later in the pod. We're going to come on to some handy tips um, to uh, to watch out for. Uh, and I think I personally, I I just think that just knowing, just knowing what you're spending and knowing where your money's going, um, especially at the moment when you know we've we've got the cost of living um, going through the roof and, you you know, we've got another expected rise in energy in October that people maybe want to plan for. Um, so, you know, if, if, if you've got enough to live, uh, and pay all your bills and do all the nice things, that's fantastic. But are you saving? You know, are you, are you able with that 2000 pounds a month, are you able to put a little bit aside, um, for other nice to haves? Um, if, if you are, then great. If not, you know, can you make savings somewhere? Can you look out for things that you don't need to spend money on and instead save and build up that emergency fund that you might need for a rainy day? Everyone's circumstances are different. Um, but we, we we just just being a more aware of, of what you spend your money on um, is something that we, we think is really important, especially at the moment when there's pressures on income. I think as well, it puts you in control you know, when you budget and ultimately you're in control of your money. And something I do is I'm actually old school. I'm not on an Excel spreadsheet quite yet, but I do sit down every payday and I work mine out pen to paper to be like, right, if, if I've got this nice event at the end of the month, how much really should I put to one side for it? Um, and, you know, it stops you scrambling at the end of the month thinking, oh, I can't do my food shop this month. Um, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, maybe stop you dipping into your overdraft. It, it's preventative of you running out. Um, and yeah, just a bit of security, really. If you're doing it at the start of the month, but like, right, this is this is where I am. This is where I can be for the next four weeks, next five weeks till payday. Um, hopefully it'd give you a bit of peace of mind. Or it might even give some people a shock to be like, oh, I just spend whatever, don't think about it on the contact list. Actually, this is how much I should be spending and I should be more mindful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, the, Abigail, how typical is your behaviour of somebody your age, early 20s, mid-20s, early 20s? Um, I'm getting on now, I'm 27 now. 27. We'll, I know. We'll, we'll, we'll treat you to mid-20s still just about. Oh, thank you. Outside edge. How typical is that behaviour of somebody, let's just say, in their 20s then? And I know you do a lot of work with uh, younger people when it comes to either financial education or um, younger people who are wanting to start planning for their financial futures. Is Is your approach to monthly budgeting something that you hear a lot of when you speak to others? Or are you doing that because you're in the financial planning game, you understand the importance of it, and therefore you practice what you preach? I think, to be honest, I did that when I first moved out of home because I had to do that. I didn't have the disposable income, so I had to do that. Um, and I think, you know, talking about younger people, some people, you know, might be living at home, so they'll have more disposable. And I think typically the more disposable you maybe have, the more relaxed you are about budgeting, potentially, and the more relaxed you are about monitoring your spends. Um, so, you know, I've got family members that are amazing at saving, amazing at budgeting, and that's because they learned these skills when they were younger and they've just kept to it. So now they've maybe on higher incomes and they've got higher disposable because they've got less demands on their income. They're still watching the money, so they're saving more. Mm. Um, so I think sometimes budgeting is a really 
good skill and I think something people should do when they have to because they're so strict and don't have as much disposable but it is something that everyone should do to prevent waste yeah wasting your money I mean the title of the title of this pod is is creating good financial habits and I think that's that's basically what it's what it's all about and it's 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 not only not only in my head you know going back to the financial education side it's not only you know creating good habits for yourself just to keep an eye on what you're spending but you know certainly in in, in my house it's it's creating good habits for your children and for the next generation as well so um you know if if you don't budget and keep an eye on on what you spend how are you you know i i teach my children to budget and watch what they spend and save you know and it doesn't have to be a lot but you know every a little bit of everything that they get you know i encourage them to put to, to save and put in a savings account so i think i think this looking at your income and looking at your outgoings is a good habit to get into not you know not not all the time but just regularly regularly enough so you can keep an eye on any changes and what about people who have reached middle age or maybe even beyond and just merrily spend and feel comfortable and think well it's too late now to start that why why would i bother absolutely you know and 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 keep you know having to watch the pennies isn't isn't you know it's not it's not everyone you know there are, there are people out there that, that don't have to and that's fantastic um but um again it, it's it's more about you know just just knowing just knowing what you're spending um and and you know and and looking out for you know for things that 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 maybe you don't need to spend money on and i guess then seeking opportunities to do something more positive with with that money yeah or coming to a realization that there's an opportunity to not do x but invest in 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 y and invest in a future that's down the line or your children's future or perhaps even your grandchildren's future yeah well it's exactly that because you know the, the amount of people i go to see and see and they're like you know we're, we're comfortable how we are at the moment with our spending um you know if we want something we'll get it um, you know, we, we don't really feel we need to make sacrifices right now. But then they'll say to me, "Ooh, I'd like to, you know, retire a few, few years early." And it's like, well, actually, on paper right now, you couldn't do that. Um, so you, you may be comfortable now and overspending, and and it's fine. And you know, month to month, you're absolutely fine. But really, looking ahead, you're not in a position that you want to be in. So we've got people playing the the short game mm-hmm. rather than the long game in in some respects. Yeah. Do you think that's because, generally speaking, financial education hasn't been taught particularly extensively in schools? Financial planners are not on every street corner. No. And it's just not drilled into us from an early age yeah complete i completely agree and this is why we uh, at rachel bell wealth management are, you know are really really interested in going into schools um and doing financial education um you know wh- wherever we can because it, it isn't taught in schools and and it's just it's just basic um you know when we do when we do go into schools it's basic financial education it's not complicated but it's not it's not taught um you know budgeting saving you know getting into good habits it's not it's not taught in schools and it's really really important um so that when you when you do enter the world of work um all of a sudden you have this money and you know you know what do you do with it you know do you 
you know, and again, the, the building up the good habits is is really, really important. But um, it's 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 really it's really something that we, we feel very strongly about that, that we need to to reach as many people as possible. Um, there used to be when I worked in banks, um, you know, my job for, for two years of my 20 years was to ring people to make appointments uh, for that customer to come into the bank and have a review with somebody in the bank. And the, the idea was that every customer was offered this review. That doesn't happen anymore. So, so people don't have the opportunity to go into their banks and actually sit down and speak to a person and just talk about their bank account and what goes through it and how they can help or how they can be helped. Um, that It just doesn't happen anymore. Well, let's move on to some positive tips because we did say we were going to give our listeners some pointers in the right direction. Uh, and please, if you are listening, this is not meant to be patronising. This really is just meant to be helpful for those who are open to a little bit of help. And there's generally always uh, one golden nugget in the rough that's helpful, um, even if you've heard everything else. Shall we start with inflation? Yeah, great one to start with. So one of my top tips is don't, you know, underestimate the impact that inflation has on our money. So, you know, really, it's one of the reasons that we're seeing the cost of things rising, such as our bills, um, our cost when we go food shopping every week, that, that's due to inflation. And it is impacting everyone. So I always think about, you know, back 25 years ago when I used to get a Freddo after school and it'd be a big treat, and actually, it was maybe about 10 pence max. Now... You've got an incredible memory there because that, you're two years old and you're remembering your Freddo, so power to you, Abigail. <laughs> All right, maybe like 20 years ago. <laughs> but yeah, so um, so yeah, so if you're looking to get a Freddo now, it's nearly triple that. And yeah, we joke that it was 10 pence and now it's 30. But actually, if you're looking at an item that's more expensive or if you're looking at a food shop, that's a huge difference. Um, nearly triple. So, yeah, so don't overlook inflation and what it does to our bills. And if you've got cash savings sat somewhere, you know, you're fortunate enough to have some savings, what you have in the bank now will effectively be worth less next year. So when you're looking at which bank and what to have your money saved in, do shop around. Don't just think, oh, well, I've always been with that company, I'll, I'll just leave it there. Do have a little look around and see you know, where can I get the best interest rates on my savings? Okay, that's great. And I think we, we we were speaking to somebody a while ago and they said inflation will affect different people in different ways. So if you don't have a car, you're not going to be affected by the rising petrol. However, you might be affected or will almost certainly be affected by the rising wholesale energy costs because we've all got uh, heating of some sort in our house, whether it's gas or electric. So I, I guess understanding how inflation affects you and then taking whatever measures you can reasonably take to to mitigate it thank you for that abigail we're going to review subscriptions pam <laughs> yeah and i'm laughing because i have all of them <laughs> <laughs> but as, as part of the, the process of of writing down what you spend uh presumably going through your bank account you will you will notice if you have sky netflix disney plus amazon prime etc etc um and 
you know, I, we're not saying for one minute, don't have those things, but do you need them all? Do you really need them? Um, is there anything, you know, obviously the part, the part of the process of going through your bank account, quite often you spot things that actually you're not quite sure what, what it is or what you're paying for. And it's just, it's something that goes through. Um, so review all of your subscriptions, review what you're paying for. Um, quite often with clients, we, we go through this, um, this exercise and we've found insurance policies that, that they've been paying for years and years and years that they don't need anymore. Um, so as part of the, the review process, you can just have a look at what you're spending, review your subscriptions and see if there's anything that you don't need. And I guess challenge yourself on, you know, when did you last watch a film on X yeah. or when did you last stream music on platform Y? And if you've not done it in the last month, keeping it just in case probably isn't yeah. isn't good justification. Absolutely. And, you know, and companies like Sky, um, you know, if you have Sky, I have Sky, uh, you know, if you haven't spoken to them for for a year, 18 months, give them a ring. You know, the chances are you'll be out of contract and they'll they'll have lots of offers for you to reduce your subscription. So, um, yeah, definitely review review what you're paying and, and, and see whether you can cut it, reduce it. Um, and you mentioned wholesale energy earlier. Um, you know, one of, you know, in, in with with your direct debits, when you're having a look, one of my top tips with that is quite a lot of people sometimes reduce their direct debits through the summer when they're actually using less. Um, whereas if you can, just keep the payment the same, build up a little bit of credit, um, and that would be you know, obviously helpful in the winter. And some of the annual costs mm-hmm. that you referred to earlier, I guess it's it's always worth reviewing those when they're up for review rather than just allowing, for example, the home insurance or the car insurance to roll over into another year because there could well be better deals out there Absolutely, absolutely, and and we we live in a way. You know, it used to be it used to be a bit of a task to shop around. It's it's really easy now just to, to you know to to shop around for for your home insurance and your car insurances um, on websites just to make sure that you're not being overcharged. And you know, every saving that you can make helps. The way that we pay for things has changed. Many many years ago, it was cash, and we were we were reflecting earlier on a, a story I told you about my mum and dad. Yeah. Uh, when they were first married and they'd take uh, X amount, I think it was £20, out of the bank at the start of the week. And that had to do them for the whole week. And if they had enough left on Friday, they would treat themselves to a slice of bacon each and an egg and they would make uh, an egg and bacon omelette. And if they didn't have enough for whatever reason, then they wouldn't have an egg and bacon omelette. They would just eat whatever was left in the house. Yeah. And then we move on to debit cards, which makes things easier to spend money and now we're in a world of contactless when you can pay uh, on, on a watch on your phone yep. and you barely think twice about it has that led do you think to people being a bit more fast and loose with their money and perhaps not having the same control over their spending that they once might have had absolutely 100 percent yeah, uh, I mean, because because one of one of my other top tips, you know, as a part of the income and outgoings process, is to add up your contactless. It's become a little bit of a catchphrase in the office. Add up your contactless, um, because it's so easy. It's so easy. You don't. I mean, you don't even have to think about it now. Like you say, phone, card. You know, just tap, tap, tap. Um, and doing, you know, doing this exercise with my daughter um, last week, um, she was. She was so shocked at how much her contactless 
you know, one pound fifties and three pounds and two pounds add up to because we don't think about it anymore. Um, and it, it's, it's actually a really, really serious point um, because because we, we are in a want it now immediately culture, um, you know, and I, and I think, you know, that that's just the way the world is now. But I think taking that step back and actually considering what you spend, how you're spending, it doesn't mean that you're not going to go and use that contactless and offer that £1.50 or for that £3 transaction. But just be mindful of it, be aware of it um, and try and, you know, you know, try and make some savings. I think one benefit of contactless or paying on your phone without doubt is that when you get into the twilight hours of a night out between maybe midnight and three o'clock. Those are the most dangerous, James. Well, they are, but you've also got a complete record of where you've been the next morning. (laughs) (laughs) There have been many occasions when I've nipped onto the bank. Mm. Ah, so that's where I went, right? Uh, Yeah, but now you need to go, ah, so that's where I went. And oh, that's how much I spent. Well, yeah, that follows. (laughs) Inevitably. Inevitably. Okay, then. Um, and, And I guess there are other things that we just, we just buy maybe out of habit that, that add up over the years, Abigail? So, you know, we all do it, those quick, easy buys, you know, especially on work days. I work hard, I'll treat myself to that coffee on the way to work. But if you think about it, and I've actually, this has started to Im- impact my everyday buys now. So, you know, when you just go to the shop on the way to work and you think, right, I'll just spend £3.50 on a coffee. If you get that every work day, that's £910 a year. So that means over three years, that's nearly £3,000. That's crazy for a cup of coffee that you could make once you get to work. Now, you know, of course, you've got to be realistic and we're not saying you can never buy coffee again. But if you put it into perspective like that, that's a huge amount of your income that's actually going towards a cup on the way to work. Um, it's, and, pr- it's probably a week's holiday abroad, actually, isn't it? If you shop around, well, 900, well, yeah. 900, 900 quid. Yeah, um, me and Pam have been talking about it, you know, things like if you go to McDonald's often, if you as a family, I don't know, maybe an average f- spend for a family to get a takeaway is about £40 per week maybe, um, you know, that'd be just over £2,000 a year. So if instead of every week, it was every fortnight, that'd be £1,000 a year you'd be spending. So again, you know, we're not saying you can't do it, but just be mindful and think about the choices that you're making um, because, you know, in the day-to-day, in the short term, you think, oh, it doesn't matter, I'll, I'll just have that. But really over the whole year, what you're spending, it's crazy how it all mounts up. So I guess it's just having an awareness and maybe reflecting on those spending habits and looking at the longer-term impact or potentially the longer-term benefit, actually, of of not doing it and... What having a having a side pot to move that money over to? It's really easy, isn't it, to have parallel accounts now in yeah. a lot of banking gaps. Just I'm not going to get the coffee today. I'm going to shift four pounds or however much a coffee is over to the holiday pot. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, well, some great tips there. So just to recap, we had tried. It's a, inflation is a complex subject, but just try to understand how it affects you and if there's anything you can do to. Um, to mitigate some of those effects and potentially um the lady said one of the things is if you've got money sitting in a, in just in the bank doing nothing is to somewhere that you can put that money where it earns you at least a little bit of interest review all of your subscriptions you may think you want them you may think you need them but do you really is the money to be saved there look at the 
frequent things that you spend money on, whether it's uh, a takeaway or a daily coffee or a meal deal every time for lunchtime and ask yourself, is there a way that I could do that in a more cost-effective way? Could I do it at home? Do I need it at all? Uh, And also just look at how often you nonchalantly tap your card or phone or watch onto a terminal in a shop and spend money without thinking about it. And you probably will be surprised, as was I when we went through this exercise just before we started recording this pod (laughs) and saw how much I spent on sandwiches at a particular high street supermarket. (laughs) Uh, So thanks for that, ladies. Really insightful. Every week on the pod, we look at a myth buster. Uh, We take a question that we're commonly asked or something that we hear frequently when speaking to clients and we bust that myth wide open today's myth is i don't have enough spare money to save now based on everything that's been discussed today i think i know which direction this going who's going to take it that would be me go on then pam (laughs) hit me up with an answer well you're absolutely right based on everything we've said so far um i'll go back to the title of the pod which is creating good financial habits um it, it is it is tough out there at the moment um, and a lot of people are, are really, really struggling and I don't have enough spare to save is, you know, it, we do we do hear it a lot. Um, the first thing is, uh, actually, if you actually sat down and, and did your income and outgoings, you might find that you, you should have enough to save. Quite often when we do that exercise, the income is more than the outgoings and the client is wondering where that that spare money goes. So having a look at what you spend then can can tell you where that spare money goes. Um, Making the savings um, where you can, the subscriptions, the coffee, all of the examples that we've that we've gone through today. Um, You know, if you can, if you can make those savings and if you can, then that's the money that you can save. Um, and the final point I think on that is, and, and I say this, I say this quite a lot um, when we're doing the financial education, is that even if it's five pounds a month or if it's five hundred pounds a month, it does not matter. Um, and in the words of a, a, a very very large supermarket chain, every little helps. And if you can just save a little bit every month, it does add up. Um, and you know, the months that you can't, fair enough, you can't, but the months that you can do. And there'll be some, there will be some people and and their reality at the moment is that things are really tough. Things are really tight and they just genuinely don't have any wiggle room, but there will be others who through some of the, um, tips that we've outlined today actually could build up quite a handsome sum. Yeah. Over a 12 month period. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, what, absolutely. And and that's what it's all about. You know, every, just saving every little bit you can um, for that rainy day, for that broken washing machine or for that holiday. Um, you know, whatever, whatever you're saving for, um, it's 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 all about creating good financial habits. Excellent. Well, on that note, I will thank you both, Pam and Abigail, for joining me today. We will no doubt meet each other very soon on a future podcast. Thank you very much, James. Thanks, James.
We always want to hear what you've got to say about the pod. So if you have any feedback or questions about the world of financial planning and wealth management, we'd love for you to get in touch. You can find us on our social media channels across Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram simply by typing Rachel Bell Wealth Management into the search and as if by magic the ladies will appear. Or you can head to our website rachelbellwealthmanagement.co.uk where you'll find lots of details and a contact us form. Rachel Bell Wealth Management is an appointed representative of and represents only St James's Place Wealth Management PLC which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority for the purpose of advising solely on the group's wealth management products and services, more details of which are set out on the group's website, sjp.co.uk. The title partner practice is the marketing term used to describe St. James's Place representatives.